3: Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week we focus on a person, historical event or pop culture
2: moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Oh, damn it. Oh, I open my mouth to say that. Yeah, I, I stole it from you. You know, like when someone steals a yawn, when they poke their finger in your mouth when you yawn? Oh, I don't like that. That enrages me. And why does that? Because it's not even like someone's touching you, is it? But it's very, like, intrusive. It's very intrusive, intrusive. it is. And it's in your personal space. More
3: than in your personal space, it's in your mouth.
2: Yeah, it's such a, that's a weird one, isn't it? Ben enjoys a bit of that, and I get very angry.
3: Oh, no.
2: Yeah, and that's what he calls it, stealing a yawn steals your yawn you can't enjoy it but anyway that's how I felt what happened no. to that I did it, it's yes totally... absolutely uh you need to get rid of Ben so. I'll let him know tonight I'll say yeah. that's it it's over he either needs to do better or he's out of there yeah yeah no more yawn stealing no right today it is another wonderful Oral Quick sponsored episode. Thank you very much, Aura Quick. So, Aura Quick is an HIV self test and it gives you more control, allowing you to test yourself accurately anytime, anywhere, using an oral fluid sample. No blood, no needles, just results in 20 minutes. Aura Quick is easy, painless, proven, and private. Oh, all the peas. Available from Terence Higgins Trust, Superdrug, Amazon, and pharmacies throughout the UK. An additional information can be found on uk.auraquick.com. And as always, we will put those details below the episode. Thank you very much, real Quick. Very well read. Thank you. I know. I felt like a news presenter then, Sarah. Oh, it was my moment. It was your moment. And moments passed. Let's move on to me. It's over. It's over now. It's over. How are you? Have you got news for us? I feel like the roles have reversed. I'm like, tell me news. No. I've uh, got no news about TBPS, HIV or anything. Oh, we should probably give a house update. Nothing's happened.
3: No, nothing has happened. We've had no feedback from them at all, although I have been told that the MP, our MP, is on the case, so that's good. Yeah. But as for communication with Slough Council, nothing. They need to do better as well. Yes. Yeah, i so we, start making a list of people who need to do better.
2: Must do better. Oh, let's have it behind you. Yes. Must do better, Slough <laughs> Council. And Ben. Yes. And, and Those Gracie. are the only two at the moment. I think we put Gracie on there, Sarah's cat, because she keeps interrupting our podcast i know my dogs interrupt so it's not about the interruption it's more that she's just scrapping in the street isn't she
3: well she, yes she's very territorial and um and you know she's just got issues she's not kind yeah so i'll add her to the list yeah i'll add the mattress company that was supposed
2: to deliver my new mattress today it's not coming i'll add them to the list i would say name and shame them but obviously we don't want to give them we're not we're not sponsored by them today are we we're not mentioning them
3: no, but they know who they are and I am not happy. So when are you
2: going to get it? Have you heard? No. Oh, that is so At amazing. the moment, they can't find it. How can you not find it? A mattress. Oh, massive mattress.
3: What a thing to misplace. Oh, it's very swings and roundabouts here because I had an email through saying I can book my Christmas shopping slot for my food shops. So that's like, oh, Jesus, Christmas is around the corner. Yay. Book that. Feel like I'm a really organised adult. Doing adult and things, and then you get that email saying, oh, we can't find your order. And it's just like
0: love
2: of God. Oh yeah, see, positive peaks and troughs, Sarah, that is, isn't it? Peaks and troughs. That's what it's been this morning, an emotional roller coaster within 10 minutes. <laughs> well, wow. Well, I don't I don't have anything more to add to that. <laughs> I mean, I just what what would I say? I don't know okay any snippets of news or are we ready to start? We're ready to go I don't have anything today obviously apart from the Aura Quick, lovely AuraQuick is sponsoring us um but yeah no I don't have anything the house update was short and sweet nothing so you may proceed. Oh, do you know I was listening to um podcast this morning on my daily walk
3: Parenting Hell so it's Josh Widdicombe and Rob Beckett and the start of the episode this morning was exactly as we are so one of them i was having issues with his sound <laughs> the only difference i would say is that they have um some sort of production guy who kind of cuts in and goes josh you need to turn your sound down and all of this kind of stuff i know we need that
2: they have things that they can turn up and down sarah i mean they are they're already ahead of the game well they're ahead of us aren't they
3: yeah all we have to do is just modify our voices
2: yeah i was gonna say as our, our microphones are on or off there, there yes. is no turning them up or down there is no in between maybe we need to look at this you know oh, I don't know
3: it was a lot of faff and uh, they got there in the end but in, they're professionals Jess and we're on a par with that it was it just made me laugh because I was like god it could be me and
2: Jess oh well maybe I have to go and have a listen to make myself feel a bit better
3: yeah I mean it was the episode with uh Jessica Ennis Hill so I mean you know There's no difference apart from they had an Olympic champion as a guest and we don't.
2: Well, that's just because we don't have guests, Sarah. Who knows the celebrities we could have had if we had guests, right? So actually, it's a bit like with the podcast awards. We're in that limbo section where we don't know if, you know, we've won or not won or whatever. Obviously, we're so pleased just to be nominated. But it's like that, Sarah. If we'd never have guests, the possibilities would be endless. We could have had Madonna. You know, because we'll never know, which is a beautiful place to be. I see your point. Yes. Yeah. So we, we could have had Jessica Ennis Hill. We just haven't invited her.
3: Well, I'm not sure she'd be interested.
2: She might like to rant with me about, you know, women's cycles and things like that, because she has a whole app around that that I've just recently oh, discovered. Oh, she
3: does. And it's very good. Oh, mm. God, I'm plugging, plugging her
2: now. I know. What are we, what are we doing? We're just like, yeah, terrible, on, right. On. abort, abort. <laughs> what are we doing today? We are looking at disclosure today,
3: okay? And because we've talked about this a lot, but we've never done an episode looking at who you should tell, who you could tell, who you want to tell, because people, I think, when they're diagnosed with HIV, a lot of people feel that they just have to tell everybody, and it puts a huge amount of pressure on themselves, and actually, you don't need to. You can take it step by step. You cannot tell anyone at all if you really don't want to.
2: I think that's the thing. Down. Yeah, I, and I think I've seen people getting advice from, say they've disclosed to a friend and they've come into us, haven't they, and said, like, oh, but my friend says that I should tell my work and that I should tell my, I don't know, my bloody driving instructor. And it's like, no, no, we we don't need to be doing that. So let's calm down. And no, I think this is perfect. And this is going to be a two-parter, isn't it? Yes,
3: I think Say, so. Well, I know you say because I've just looked through it all and I thought, oh, crikey, we're never going to get through that in one one sitting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is good. A, a myriad, Sarah, of people to tell or not to tell. Yeah. Is that the whole thing? That's what I was gonna say. Are you just gonna shout things out and we'll go, you can tell them or not tell them? And then we'll, oh, move on well to the I next can thing. ask you.
3: Oh, look at me testing your knowledge. Okay, okay, I'm ready. So, in this <laughs> kind of context around disclosure, normally I don't like comparisons with other long term medical conditions because i think well, in terms of stigma there's no comparison i don't think but i do find myself saying to service users when they're like i need to tell the world saying well you know if oh
2: look what has did you just get abducted by aliens sarah's entire screen went white i could just see these tiny eyeballs nothing else it was like (laughs) a beam of light was coming from above
3: yes i think i've that's my i've been picked that's it i've been chosen for something
2: <laughs> the beam what?
3: of light okay. well I look forward to finding out what that is later <laughs> not now though let me get through this episode first uh, right so we were talking about HIV in comparison to other um, med- long-term medical conditions and I don't like that comparison normally however I do find myself saying to service users if you had just been told you've got diabetes or arthritis would you be considering telling everyone in the way that you are because you've got HIV
2: I think that's a really important thing to point out because I feel like that shifts our perspective on it.
3: Yeah. Well, I hope so because you don't find people with diabetes going around telling the world that they've got it. Well, sometimes they do, but they don't have to. Yeah. And I think it's the the same sort of thing, really. I think there's a kind of perception that, you know, it's HIV. So it's like danger, danger. Everybody needs to know. And it's just like, no,
2: no, no, no. I do think that is it. I think, again I'm going to hark back to those tombstone adverts I do think they've got a lot to answer for in terms of that fear factor and almost being like you know it's a public health risk let's tell everybody and it's just like but it's absolutely not at all and we don't need to whatsoever
3: no and that's like what we when we're speaking to service users we try and be really clear and say you know firstly it's you you're living with HIV it's up to you who you tell and then the second thing is to say you are completely in control of this So you take it at your own pace. And some service users choose to never tell anybody and some choose to tell everyone. And that's fine. And everything in between is fine, but it's within your control.
2: And I would say, just take your time and think about it. Because I I have supported service users who have felt right in the beginning, they should tell lots of people and then actually sort of regretted that and thought, I wish I'd just taken that little bit of time to just sit with it. And see where I want to go, who I want to tell, mm. rather than going right. I'm going to fire this off. You know, I've, I've had somebody who wish they hadn't actually disclosed to their GP, and obviously now they can't can't have that taken off your medical records. So it's things like that. Now, obviously, we I'm sure we're going to come to that. Actually, I don't know why I do this. Why do I try and talk about the things that we're probably just about to talk about? I'm just going to shut up. We will talk about
3: GPs. I do get why people want to tell everybody or feel that they ought to tell everybody because if you're newly diagnosed. And your viral load is detectable. I think that's where this all stems from, isn't it? And if you're listening to this and you're newly diagnosed, don't panic. Almost everyone's viral load is detectable when they're first diagnosed. You take your medication that you're given and it will reduce to the point where you're undetectable. So, yeah, you you have to be careful in the beginning if you're having... You won't be having unprotected sex because then you would pass the virus on. But you do have to take a little bit more into consideration. But then when you become undetectable, I think things perhaps come and maybe a little bit easier because you know you can't pass it on to anyone else. So, what we're going to do is point out at this stage, I always forget to do this, everything we're talking about today relates to the UK because that is where we're based. Other countries have different laws and guidance. So, we are going to look today at who needs to know about your HIV disclosure. We're going to start with GPs. Okay. So it's helpful if your GP knows your status, but it isn't essential. So the sexual health clinic won't let your GP know if you test positive. Okay. But there are benefits of your GP knowing. So they can ensure anything they prescribe won't interact with your HIV medication, for example. And they can advise when he, when you present with other ailments, whether they're HIV related. If you're worried about confidentiality, talk to your GP. But I know people who have it disclosed
2: and people have, what's your take on it? It's a really tough one. I think it really depends on your relationship with your GP and how that is. I think it's important to note to let people know that the sexual health clinic records are completely separate to the rest of the NHS, where, you know, you can sort of, someone can look up your medical records and get all your jazz. They're not going to find your sexual health records. So that that's why in what Sarah's saying, your GP wouldn't be able to find out your HIV status without you telling them. I think for some people, it's massively beneficial. Just like you're saying, Sarah, you know, it can help in terms of Making sure there's no medication interaction. But on the flip side, if you don't want to tell your GP, that is all right as well. And that is okay too. And if you're concerned, maybe before you take your medication that say a GP might have prescribed, speak with your clinic, speak with your HIV consultant and speak with them and see if there's any interactions there. I think sometimes a GP can be a close family friend that you've seen for 20 years. I've come across that with service users before, and they don't want them to know. And and that's it. I think it's a, a personal decision. Like Sarah said, it can definitely be helpful for your health. But just have a think about it. It, It's completely your decision. And although it's a wise thing to do, you don't have to. You absolutely don't.
3: Fabulous. Right, dentist. This is always a contentious issue. So usually when you go to the dentist, you have to fill in a medical form, don't you? And on there, it asks you if you're HIV positive. And that's what people worry about is what I should put. Yes, shouldn't I? You don't have to disclose. And I know that sounds dishonest, but think about how many people they are seeing that don't know their HIV status. Now, the benefit of telling the dentist is that they're aware and can check for HIV related issues within your mouth. But I also know people who've been to the dentist and been treated differently because they're HIV positive. So they've been given the last appointment of the day, for example. And that's, you know, nobody wants that. And there's absolutely no need for that to happen because a dentist should be sterilizing the area after any patient has been in to see them for exactly the reasons we've just said. You don't know who's got hep C, you don't know who's got HIV. So don't treat people with HIV differently. And if you are HIV positive and your dentist is doing that and insisting that you're being seen as the last appointment of the day, you can take that up with them. Because under the disability discrimination, they're discriminating against you because yeah. of your status, because you've been open about your status.
2: But like you said, it, your, their, their practices, their hygiene practices should be that everything's sterilised, so it should make absolutely no difference.
3: And they wear full PPE, or maybe that's just for me. My huh. dentist is completely gloved up, mask on, everything. No, <laughs> they, do, they do, Yeah, no, they do. They're very kind of PPE, kind of conscious anyway. So that's what to do with dentists. Again, you've got a good relationship with your dentist and you disclose to them, great. But if you don't, it's a new dentist, you don't have to. And you can just leave that question blank on the form if you don't want to answer it. Yeah. Because, you know, if they want to pick you up on it when you're in the consulting room, in the dental room with them, you might feel more comfortable disclosing it face-to-face verbally rather than having it written down. Yeah, yeah. But equally, I know people who've just gone, nope, I don't. And I think, you know, if you're undetectable, there is no danger of you being able to pass this on when you have a filling, for example.
2: Just do what feels right for you. Cue dentists all around the UK. Oh, no, just a flood of people (laughs) like, oh, no. But yeah, no, these are important. They might sound like really this. Yeah, this whole episode might sound, God, this is just really simple. Don't people know this? Loads of people don't know. Loads of people aren't aware of what they can and can't do. And I think we're very British, aren't we? When when a form is put in front of you, I feel that I have to, like, someone will know if I'm lying. I must fill all of this form out. And sometimes it's just like, no, this is completely unnecessary. Like, absolutely not. It's like in shops when they've started saying, can I take your email address for to email you your receipt? No. Just, just give me the paper one. No, thanks. Yeah.
3: I say that too. Like, no, you're not privy to that
2: personal information. Just hand it over. I can see it printing off now. Exactly. And it's just another way of getting more data. But yes, I think when we're put on the spot, it's that um, thing of compliance, isn't it? Oh, I must, I must comply. I must. It's just like, no, give yourself a minute, have a think, then make your decision about what you're going to do.
3: Yes, you are a dentist or indeed a representative from the British Dental Association, we need to have a chat about the forms that you hand out that ask people specifically if they have HIV. Could we not just ask if they've got a compromised immune system instead? Why HIV in particular? Oh, I'm taking against dentists now.
2: Well, no, but you've got a point. You have a point. Why Why does it say that? And I know we're going to talk about tattooists. I know we're going to move on to that. But In that same ilk, a tattooist I went to not that long ago, their forms used to say HIV. Now they say bloodborne virus. Do you have any bloodborne virus
3: oh i'm i'm going to the dentist in a few weeks i will check i don't know if i get you to fill in a form every time i can't remember but i'm going to check this out and i'm going to yes. speak to my dentist if it's still on there
2: oh my god sarah we're like panorama <laughs> yeah i'm gonna put a little camera in your bag <laughs> you'll yes. go in your oh, investigative my journalism god.
3: my dentist is the sweetest person i think i've ever met she's so kind and so lovely and she's kind of jabbing away with that. Why do they have to use a metal pointy thing? I've said this there before. It's just not good. Scrapey, scrapey on your teeth. Yeah. Use something that's not so abrasive. I suppose yeah. That would defeat the object. Anyway, there you go. Right. We're moving on. <laughs> Paramedics. First and foremost, they are there obviously treating whatever emergency you've called them for. So their primary concern, keeping you alive. And whether you're HIV positive or not is secondary to that. They do need to know what medication you're taking. And that is a standard question that they will ask everyone if you're responsive, obviously, if you're unresponsive, they're just going to do what they can to keep you alive, but they're fully trained in working with people who have suppressed immune system or have no, not suppressed immune systems. What am I talking about? Compromised. Take but that have, that are detectable or, you know, and might not be able to tell the paramedic that they are. If They ask you about your medication. You can always tell them within the privacy of an ambulance. They only need to know so that the drugs that they are giving you won't interact with them. If there are other people around when they're treating you, again, they're so well versed in all of this. You can say, yes, I don't mind telling you, but can we go somewhere more private? Have you got a pen and paper? I'll write it down for you, that kind of thing. But remember, paramedics are very used to dealing with all of this, and they're so good at handling sensitive situations.
2: Yeah, no, they, they are very good, aren't they? And I mean, like you're saying, that's their, like, this is their whole training of their whole job. So they're going to be trying to look after you as best they can.
3: Uh, A&E was another one we've been asked about before. I mean, if you're attending A&E with an HIV related issue, reaction to your meds, for example, then you might need to disclose your status at the front desk. And I know you've had this with someone before. They always ask you what well, don't they? You know, when you're going to AE in the like most public way possible, you're in the middle of the waiting room that like, why are you here? <laughs> it's like
2: <laughs> Yeah, honestly, when I had to go to A E uh, But like you're saying, to having to announce something in front of everyone. Why that's do they great. do it like that? You sat waiting
3: for eight hours, you can hear everything that's going.
2: Yeah, why do they do that though? It's very
3: odd. Because obviously I just you think, you know, it's such such a busy place and really you're just telling the receptionist aren't you and when you get taken in for your to be triaged that's a private room and then you can fully disclose if it is something to do with your HIV then you can just write it down yeah pass that across and and put private confidential all
2: over it the receptionist again they're used to this kind of situation they'll understand yes Um, yeah it that is such that is one of the best tips when I had accompanied um I was supporting. Someone, one of our service users, and her partner was positive. She wasn't. They'd had, I think, a condom had broken. She needed to access PEP, and that's where I first saw that. Where she very confidently, she just asked them for a piece of paper. You don't have to be armed with paper all the time in a pad. She just asked them for a piece of paper. She wrote it down. She slid it across. Perfect. There we go. They were like, "Yep, no problem." Away yeah. we go. Like perfect. That's, so that's,
3: that's what perfect. I would do. Yeah, in that situation. Yeah, or even if you're just there in A and E with another medical issue but you know they're gonna have to know that you're HIV positive to work out a treatment plan for you so you can just yeah just write or write it down before you go so that is the kind of medical side of things yes I remember we're whizzing through this so you know people are going oh yes what about this what about this we're just doing top level always top level with us
2: if you've got any questions yeah it's always it really is always right up here isn't it If you do have other questions, do feel free to ask us. Like we always say, you know, feel free to suggest topics or anything. And if you do have questions, please do ask us and we'll do our best to answer them.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can always come back to this, but we're going to move on now to kind of the financial side of things.
2: Right. So looking
3: at interesting topics like mortgages, life insurance, travel insurance, Jess has
2: glazed over. Come on, Jess. I'm taking you with me. It's just, no, these are extremely important things that we do actually need to talk about. but it's just, it's depressing, to be honest. It's really depressing to talk about Ooh. mortgages right now, isn't it? Well, yes.
3: So we, again, we're looking at whether you need to disclose. And actually, yes, you do, but not in all cases. And I didn't know this. Okay. So if nothing else, I'm educating myself. Life insurance. I can't believe that they only started introducing life insurance for people living with HIV in 2009.
2: 2009! <sighs> less than a decade ago yes well, no 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 it's not no more than a decade ago my maths is so bad but not that long ago just over a decade
3: yeah uh so before that actually before that it was quite hard to get life insurance you had to go to like specialist broker yeah now it's much more kind of commonplace they've kind of caught up and they're much more used to in fact with life insurance and HIV, it shouldn't really have an impact anyway. Well, no, with a positive buzz, medication. Well, let me explain that before everyone goes, what? It used to be difficult to get life insurance if you were HIV positive because you would have had a shortened lifespan. Yeah, But now lots of insurers recognise that many HIV positive people are going to live a near normal life expectancy. So when you apply for life insurance, you will be asked details, questions about your health. Uh, And you'll need to give permission for the insurance company to get more information from your doctor. So you do have to tell them because, you know, otherwise you could invalidate your policy.
2: And then what's the point in having it?
3: Exactly. So this is one of the cases where you do need to disclose. Um, But they shouldn't discriminate because if you're undetectable, you're going to live the same life expectancy as anybody else. If you get, um, like some companies offer... Life insurance is kind of part of a, a package for of extras. Yeah. We work in the voluntary
2: sector. We don't get that. This is why Sarah can barely like, what is that? What are those things that I called perks? We don't have those. Perks,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, actually, it's not strictly two. We do get one perk. But anyway, let's move on. Um, if you get cover through uh, your employer or your trade union, for example, won't necessarily need to complete a medical questionnaire or disclose your HIV status because it's offered to the whole kind of company. It's not an individual insurance policy. It's a company policy.
2: Oh, really? That's how it works?
3: Yes. So you will, you'll need to check the small print, basically. If you're starting a new job and they're like, everyone gets life insurance, you'll just need to fill in a few details. Great, but just... Double check the small print as to whether you would need to disclose. It it would be between you and the life insurance policy company anyway, rather than you and your employee. But that might put some people off. Yeah. So, mortgages, the mortgage, this is what I didn't know. So, the mortgage application process, they're looking at your eligibility based on employment, income, credit history, right? Yeah. Medical history, that's none of their business. Where? Issues have arisen in the past is when mortgage brokers attempt to sell life insurance or other types of protection policy alongside the mortgage. But you're under no obligation to purchase these products or explain why you don't want them. So you don't have to disclose to your mortgage company that you are HIV positive.
2: Yeah. Because back in the day, in the sort of the 80s and 90s, you did, didn't you?
3: Yeah. Only if you have a mortgage where you are required to have life insurance because, I don't know, you're doing a shared ownership scheme, for example. Okay. Yeah, they need that to know sense. that you can cover your portion of the mortgage. Hmm. So in that scenario, yeah, you probably would need to disclose. But for any other mortgages, no. Can anyone actually get a mortgage these days?
2: Oh, don't. It's just, just it's so depressing, isn't it? But they've said it's only a really small portion of people that actually have mortgages these days.
3: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because no one can afford it.
2: Yeah. Basically. It's just awful.
3: It is awful. Anyway, travel insurance. So if you're going on on holiday and we would definitely advise you to get travel insurance, there are companies that offer specific insurance to positive people. They are available. Um, And as we said, we've always advised that you get it. And the specialist companies are. Better because you you used to provide insurance to positive people. But in reality, as we've said, um, for life insurance, you shouldn't be treated any differently. You shouldn't be seen as a higher risk because you're HIV positive. If you're undetectable, you're taking your medication, but some insurance insurance companies might treat you differently. So if you're concerned or you are using, um, I don't know, An insurance company that's run by a family friend, for example, who has those sort of friends? None of my friends are in those sort of jobs. No, mine neither. (laughs) But if you're in any way worried, you can easily Google insurance companies specifically for HIV positive people. We've had service users who've used them before. We've got service users that use them every year, and they seem very good.
2: Yes. Yeah. And it's important, like Sarah's saying, this is someone you should tell because if you don't tell them, it's going to, um, what's the word, void your policy. And then what's the point in even getting it in the first place? Exactly. So, yeah,
3: let them know. Right, workplace benefits. We were just talking about this. We do get some workplace No, we do. Benefits. We
2: do. We know Sean's listening. We're only joking. He's livid. <laughs> I know. He's like, God.
3: Work so I, hard to make us all feel special and we're like, no, we get nothing.
2: I know. I know. And the trustees are taking us out for a nice meal, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes. Yeah. So we shouldn't say we get nothing. We're all going out for a nice team, aren't we? Because we never do that. No, we just seem really ungrateful, don't we? Yeah, that's who we are, Sarah. That's just who we are. So workplace benefits.
3: If your company offers critical illness cover, private health care, that's another one, isn't it? Mm. Life insurance, as we said. Ask to see the policy so you can check what's covered and then you'll know whether you need to disclose. Because some critical illness cover you don't need to disclose like current issues they but they make it very clear that if you claim for an issue that you had prior to getting the cover then obviously you're not going to be covered by it yeah um and the same with some private health care so we can't give a definitive answer because all policies are different but you can always do your own homework your own research to see what's covered and then decide whether you need to disclose or whether it's just not worth it so yes as we said critical illness cover generally won't cover hiv if it's considered a pre-existing condition also it's not classed as a critical illness either
2: yeah i mean that's important to point out as well yeah it, it wouldn't be on that list no
3: and that's yeah no that is a good point actually um most if you have critical illness cover and you're diagnosed with hiv i would say 99% of policies will not pay out it's not a critical illness and you therefore won't get any kind of compensation yeah and that's because Most people living with HIV in the UK can live well and they have good life expectancy. Some policies will pay out if HIV was contracted from uh, a blood transfusion. I mean, that's not going to happen in this country. No. Or maybe like from an assault. Right, yeah. Or if it was work-related, you know, if you were a nurse or or a police officer, for example, and you contracted HIV through the course of your work. But they will not pay out if it was contracted through sex or drug use. Sorry, if you're listening, things <laughs> could I get? No, you can't. No, no. If you have an existing policy, this is the other thing that we need to remind people to check. So, if you had a policy, a critical illness policy, before you were diagnosed with HIV, it's worth checking the wording of your policy. Um, in lots of cases, you will continue to be covered because it's just one of life's yeah, kind of
2: one of life's things. <laughs> what, a, what a term! <laughs> We're just getting too relaxed about it now, aren't we? It's just it's what I'm saying, isn't it? Uh, I mean, but
3: with most policies, you will just be covered as long as you continue to pay the premiums. Yes, yeah. You know, they don't really fuss about long-term conditions as such. It's more the kind of critical ones that could impact on your – well, they all impact on your life. I'm not explaining this very well. Essentially, if you're not a death's door, they don't want to know.
2: <laughs> yeah, basic – well, critical, it's in the name, isn't it? yeah exactly
3: equally and i've had someone ask me this before who had a policy and then was then diagnosed with hiv and they were like well that's it i'm just gonna cancel it It's like, no 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 you don't need to cancel it it's still valid um so yeah don't cancel any kind of policy because of your hiv without looking into it very carefully get professional advice if you need to that covers us
2: but you know insurers deal with this all the time but definitely do get professional advice. We're just here giving you top level guidance. Yeah. Just an overview. Yeah.
3: <laughs> with our usual attention to detail and dedication. <laughs> right. That's it. That was all the financial stuff I could come up with. But again, people, top level, we're not going in depth, not financial yeah. expert.
2: No. Well, that, and people need to recognize that, Sarah. You're much too busy being an HIV historian. <laughs> yeah. Counts isn't for you, is it? No. No, exactly. Exactly. No, I honestly think that's really useful. Like I said, there might be people listening going, Oh, that all seems like common sense. You'd be surprised lots of people aren't aware that the NHS records aren't connected or that you don't have to tell your dentist that you're positive. Like, we almost need like a little HIV handbook, don't we? Of just like, you know, when someone's diagnosed, be like, just give it a minute. I have encountered this, other healthcare professionals who encourage you know, do go and tell your GP, do go and tell this person, do go and tell that person. And that can be really conflicting at a time when you're not sure what to do. You're gonna sit there going, Oh, I don't know what to do. And there's somebody sat here in a white coat. I know doctors don't really wear white coats that much anymore, but you know, let's let's pretend everyone, let's visualize in the nineteen fifties. Okay. Visualise. Um cookie pen, white coat. And a nurse there with a hat. Big stethoscope round the neck. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, no but i would just you have that like i was saying earlier it's that weird thing of compliance built into us going but they must know they know more than me so i should go and do those things it's like well hang on no it's really depends on what is going to suit you so just take a little bit of time you know that's all
0: that's all
3: oh let's be like a little virtual handbook
2: oh yeah well it kind of is what this podcast is and again I know we're obviously going to do um, episode two that's around disclosure. And then at episode three is our World AIDS Day episode where we're going to use people's voice notes. So please do keep sending those in. Cause again, what we'd like our World AIDS Day episode to be is basically another little handbook for people when they're newly diagnosed on oh, what's a good way to tell someone or, or, you know, how do you, ta- how do you handle it when someone reacts really badly? How do you tackle that? How do you tackle it when you're having to support somebody and you've told them? Now I'm going off on another tangent here. This is for World Days Day, everyone. But this is this is the start of a little handbook, Sarah. This is it. Oh, I see. Ah,
0: yeah,
2: I love it. Um, okay, amazing. Well done. Say it every week. Loved it. I I, I realised that I was re-listening to the podcast, and every single week I'd like, say, "You know what? I really loved that." It's like, well, yeah, Jess. Good. You should because you're on the podcast, so you mm. should what what you know what you have to say. So I was like, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, next
3: week we're going to look at uh sharing with friends family partners and some anomalies that we get asked i didn't say that very well say that again anomalies. anomalies things that we've been asked in the past where people aren't sure whether to disclose or not but you might not consider in
2: everyday life okay wonderful i will see you for anomalies next week
3: <laughs> thanks for listening to the hiv podcast if you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts.
2: You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The HIV
0: Podcast for behind the scenes insights and video.
2: The HIV Podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive
0: Support. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.